Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. Cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He said he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he wanna go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I don't want to... from the great state of Texas, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg the Truth. The co-host of the show is the Black Belt, Mr. Fayaz. Thank everybody for tuning in. We want to invite you to follow us on Twitter, at MajorityMMA. Like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision. Don't forget to catch us right here on Blog Talk Radio Friday and Saturday nights. Fayaz, how's it going? Going good, man. Going good. I'm still awake, so that's a plus. And uh, yeah, it's nice and hot outside. Got to spend most of the day outside in a 108 degree heat index. And, uh, you know, except for the always glancing, teasing cloud cover that, uh, you know, comes by, you know, kind of covers up the sun and you know, makes like there's going to be a breeze and then, you know, just lets the sun back out again to burn you. Um, everything was awesome. I had a great day today. What about you? Oh, yeah, great day. Um, great weekend. Yeah. Let's jump right into the news of things that's going on and before we get into UFC on Fox and uh, some interesting things that came out of that card. Let's hit a few news points. The first one, the big one that's just came down later this evening, is that uh, Dan Henderson, who is scheduled to fight Michael Bisping for the UFC middleweight championship, uh, has decided that win, lose, or draw, this fight with Michael Bisping will be his last. Wow. I know that we have talked about it. Uh, you know, is it time for Dan to retire? And just when we think he's done, he knocks somebody out. And then we think, man, maybe he's got a little bit left. But uh, I think to end it on a title shot, win, lose, or draw, uh, 
that's a great way to call it a career. No, definitely, man. He's been around for so long. I mean, uh, you kind of got to – if he retired right now and he didn't have that last fight, he'd have nothing to be ashamed of. He was awesome. You know, still is awesome. He's still good for an you know a great fight here and there, but he's also taken a lot of damage in his, uh, you know, not of course not his last fight, but the last few fights before that. So, it's you know it's it's probably time you know before he uh, you know he ends up getting hurt. Yeah, he he's definitely had a great career, and and, and I agree one hundred percent. You know, even if he decided not to fight, if he, if if he wouldn't, you know, his last couple of fights, irregardless of his decision, uh, his career speaks for itself. His resume speaks for itself. Um, was never able to capture UFC gold, but he's fought pretty much everybody that there was to fight and been a dangerous guy deep into his 40s. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's another one of uh, another one of the legends, another one of the pioneers. And, um, it would be awesome to see him walk away with a win, walk away with as champion, retire as champion. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. If you know, if you know, if he won and then vacated, I wouldn't be mad at him if he did it. That's uh, that'd be that would be interesting. I've never seen. I've never, of course, I've never seen anybody do that in MMA. But uh, you know, if he won and. He vacated, and you could say, hey, you know, Dan Henderson did everything he needed to do in the sport, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll continue to train people. Yeah, without question. And some other news that came up, uh, of course, it came down earlier in the week that uh, Chad Mendez is going to be the recipient of a two-year suspension for his failed drug test. Um, as is seems to be now the standard and when it comes to PEDs, the two year I think <laughs> is uh they're handing that out pretty much for everyone nowadays. Yeah. Um is two years for first offense, is that is that too much? I yeah, I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't realize it was two years for a first offense. Uh, you know, I started to look back and find out if maybe he had gotten in trouble before, but I don't recall him getting in trouble before. So, uh, I, you know, two years, man, that's a little much. I mean, Chad, don't get me wrong, Chad Mendez is still young, but, uh, you know, with all the wars and everything he's been in, you know, two years, two years could be it for Chad Mendez. Now, you know, now when they suspend you, does that mean – you can't cut loose and go fight overseas. Well, you know that brings up another uh, another interesting point because Mirko Prokop, who failed a drug test, he's got a fight lined up in Japan. Yep. Um, but I don't think that the UFC is going to use him overseas. No, they can't. I mean, I, I don't think they can. I, don't, I think it's a. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, uh, well, I, so I don't think that they is, can. Even if it's overseas, I don't know that they can use him because it has something to do with them, doesn't it? Yeah, right. They 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 can. It's, it would be at their discretion. So when the UFC goes into uh, into areas that 
are not regulated, which a lot of the foreign countries that they go into are not regulated, they, they regulate themselves. Right, 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 right. And uh, so, you know, I mean, it, it would make sense, and it does make sense for them to honor, respect, or however you want to put that, the decision of the commission, you know, to suspend a guy. Um, but, you know, a guy just who who who's not employed by any major company here in the States, to fail a test over here and then go to Japan or go to China and fight and disregard the uh, the rulings over here, they're they're completely within their right to do that. Though oh, I don't yeah, know how definitely. favorable I don't know how favorable that's going to put them, you know, in terms of if they ever want to fight in the states again. I'm sure that's going to be something that uh, the commission's not going to be too happy with. Do you think the commission follows that, though? Do you think the commission actually pays attention to, you know, whether or not so-and-so, you know, fought overseas because we suspended him here or anything like that? You know, I mean, that's a good question because I don't think, I don't think we've ever crossed that bridge yet, to my knowledge. Um, I mean, we know they're super strict on people around here. You know, we're, they're super strict on the guys that they, you know, when they call those hearings, man, they're grilling those guys. And um, it would be interesting to see how they treated that. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we'll have to cross that bridge and see. But it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because some of those people just, they seem like they come off like, uh, you know, they're the law. And uh, it's, it's their duty right. to enforce punishment on those who break the law. <laughs> Well, well, I was reading the Chad Mendes thing, and I guess that's something to do with face cream, or uh, or, or or skin cream, or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I don't know what that even means, but uh, I, it seems like, you know, I guess we we've, we've talked about this already. It seems like it, it seems like anything could fail you at a USADA test. However. You know what these guys are getting busted for. I mean, they're they're obviously they're obvious fails, estrogen blockers, right? Growth hormone things like that. So I mean, that's uh, uh, those are legitimate fails. And Brock Lesnar actually failed uh, his second test. His his end competition. It was the day before or or day of uh, test. So and. Reports are that it was the same for the same thing that uh, John Jones failed for, but you know that's all just hearsay. I don't think there's, I don't think anybody has 100% confirmation on what exactly it was. But, uh, uh, but yeah, interesting enough, uh, taking a little peek here at the WWE, Randy Orton actually acknowledged uh, Lesnar's drug failure, drug test failure. Which is kind of interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know how uh, how smart it is for uh, the WWE to bring someone's drug test failure into their their storied show. But right. uh, anyway, yeah. Apparently, Krokop, when he, when Krokop did it on this last note here, when Krokop did it, he actually called him and told him he was going to end up being in violation. Yes. Yes, he did. He, he, call, he called the UFC and told them he would be in violation, and then uh, he actually said that uh, USADA then called him and told him it was commendable, and 
you know, they gave him two years because, you know, he thought it was fair, and they actually asked him to turn snitch. They said they'd revoke – he said that they told him they would revoke his suspension if he snitched on another fighter. And that uh, – <laughs> Oh, goodness, now they're, now they're the police, I guess. Yeah, now uh, USADA is now the Gestapo. It's awesome. Nice. <laughs> Way to keep it real, guys. Yeah, when Colonel Quink shows up at your door with the, uh, you know, with the thing says, let's go in the back closet so I can watch you uh, pee in this cup and I can take some of your blood. Watch out. Watch out, boys and girls. Watch out. So two more quick notes in the news. Um, Cyborg uh, Justino apparently is demanding that in the name of equal rights and women's opportunity that the UFC just create a 145-pound division for her. Yeah. Uh, She says that she deserves it and uh, that the UFC should be just to do it just just for her. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, uh, you know what? Maybe they don't do it just for her, but I, there's plenty of girls out there that have trouble making that 35. They're kind of stuck in the middle and uh, probably would feel better fighting at 45. I think there's more than you think out there, you know, that are willing to fight at 45, um, you know, you know, bigger people, bigger women, what have you. So, I mean, I I think if they did it, I don't think they would be, you know, struggling to find fighters to fill the division. Yeah, I don't think they would. And one of the major points that she made um, in in her statement was that pretty much everyone inside the top ten in that bantamweight, in that 35-pound division, has fought at 45. Uh, or, or started out at 45. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I mean, I think, and this is something we've talked about in the past, I mean, if the UFC is serious about growing the women's division, why not? Right. You, know, you have you have a star, uh, a talented person, talented fighter to build it around. Right. Uh, you know, wh- why not give it a shot? You yeah, have you to with well. the other divisions. Yeah. And, and even sure. with the with the 15, you know, that was kind of like, they didn't have anybody to build that on. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have one singular person like Ronda Rousey. No, they they didn't. Okay. We're building the division around. They They just let the talent rise. Right. And and look how much talent there is now. But then, you know, you know, that could be said for a lot of, a lot of women who can't make 15, but are fighting 35 when they should be fighting 25, but there's not a 25. Right. Or you got, or you got some that are fighting at 15, which, you know, you know, in like Invicta, they have, uh, they have atom weight, which is, you know, I think it's 105 if I'm not mistaken, you know, and you wow. got some of those girls, yeah, you got some of those girls fighting at, you know, 115, and you know, all the 115 girls are really, you know, putting their weight back on and walking around at, you know, 130, 135 pounds, you know, something like that. So I mean. It's uh, it's kind of a weird deal there, 
but you know there's a lot of people just kind of getting stuck in the middle if they want to make it to the bigger show because they don't have a choice they got to readjust and make the weight somewhere right Chel and put his name back into the USADA testing pool, which would indicate that perhaps he's tossing around fighting again uh, when asked about his plans uh, since he had entered his name back into the testing pool. Uh, he simply said, well, if the test is as good as I remember it being, I probably won't fight again. <laughs> At least he's on. <laughs> At least he's on. At least he's on. At least he's on, but he's not fighting. So what does he care? You know, I mean, I think you know what he just told. In fact, he just mentioned that after Bisping fought Anderson Silva, his before he won the title here. Right after that, about a week later, Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisping, uh, you know, they had a grappling match. There mm-hmm. was some. Uh, there was some show, you know, it had Roy Jones Jr. on it, it had all these different people on it. And I guess it just wasn't marketed right, so nobody really knew about it. But, uh, yeah, that's what he said. I think uh, I, I did see Chael Sonnen did say that. I thought it was kind of funny, but he's being honest. He's like, hey, guys, I don't know if he's telling the inside MMA guys, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to come back. You know, basically he's saying, hey, look, I'm probably going to fail. But even if I come back, I'm still on a suspension. But uh, he says he's been there, done that, and he's not planning on fighting again. Well, his suspension is up, I want to say, uh, which is uh, which would be the why he – I think what he's doing is he covered himself by saying, you know, I'm, I'm in the testing pool. If I fail, well, I told you that I was going to fail anyway. But right, if I right. happen to get a phone call – from Uncle Dana, or <laughs> someone gets injured, and the American gangster has to talk his way into a big fight, uh, yeah. we might see it. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a Chelsea Sonnen fan, so I just, that was news for me. A little bit of a door oh, open there for uh, Sonnen to possibly work some of his magic again on the mic. But uh, let's get into UFC on Fox. Of course, that was the big free event. We got uh, pretty much all of the all of the preliminary card, and of course the main card for free on Fox. And man, if it didn't make my day when it started at seven o'clock and was done just a little bit after nine. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's was awesome. Right. That's right. You're not real big <laughs> on uh, the fights going too late. And uh, well, Fox, what I don't like yeah, is Fox doesn't allow them to do that, though. So yeah, they usually give them the early start um, because they want them in that that eight o'clock, seven o'clock range start right. time for the main card at least. Um, but uh, man, I thought I thought it was a I thought it was a really good main card. I didn't get to catch all of the preliminary fights. I saw the end of the Darren Elkins. And uh, got a Freddy Pepe fight, which was a good fight. Actually, I saw that entire fight. A good yeah. uh, back-and-forth fight. The Eddie Wineland, man, just when you thought it was time for him to consider a career change, uh, he knocked out Frankie Sands. Right. Anything else that you took away from that preliminary card? 
You know, uh, other than uh, really those two fights, um, I think the uh, I think the first fight on the card was pretty good, and you know the second fight was kind of uh, I don't know, man. It didn't seem like the preliminary guys kind of went after it, but those last two that you uh, you just mentioned were obviously the best fights on that particular portion of the card. But I thought I'm looking I at thought the they, card. I thought they they started the main card out though. I mean, just you know, as as amazing as it could possibly be. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Um, Felice Herrig uh, really just did away pretty quickly with the inexperienced Kaylin Curran. Um, but yeah. uh, Felice Herrig looked great. I mean, she 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 did a great job. She she did what she had to do. She beat the less experienced fighter and, and arguably maybe the less talented fighter. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you're matched up with somebody like that, you've got to take care of business. I thought Kylan Current was going to uh, actually, uh, you know, put on a little bit of a show, right? At least Harry hasn't fought in a while. And I just figured, I figured it would take her a little bit, you know, to uh, adjust. But she came right in there and she came right in there and, uh, you know, she got the submission too. And I think she ended up getting submission of the night out of that one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'd have to double check on that. I'm not sure off the top of my head either. Yeah, she she got herself. Yeah, from what I saw, I think she got herself a little bonus there. So I think her and Wineland ended up with uh, some bonuses yeah. there for uh, their performances. They did. So, so good job, Felice Eric. She's been out for a while. She came back. She looked strong. She was in shape. She was on point. And, uh, you know, I think she's still, she's still got a shot to make a run. Francis Gano fought a guy who probably didn't have any business being in the cage with him, giving up 10-inch reach advantage. Gano yeah. is a monster. looked like he was in another weight division. Yeah. Uh, then, then uh, well, I, Was that heavy? That was heavyweight, right? So that was heavyweight. That was heavyweight. So that guy should have been fighting like Brock Lesnar. Now, the, I mean, that guy was huge, man. And you know, here's what I didn't like about that fight. It was a complete mismatch. It was kind of like, hey, let's throw this together yeah. just so you can get on the card. Right, mm-hmm. he clips the guy. The guy goes down, rolls into fetal position, and starts getting hammer fisted on the head. He lays there, covered up, and just getting hammer fisted on the head. Then, when the fight is stopped, he gets up like, "Well, well, don't stop the fight. Well, why'd you stop the fight? Why'd you stop? You know, he's doing that old thing." I'm like, "Come on, man! It was obvious if you watched that fight. As soon as he got hit, he wanted out." I felt like here, – here's how I felt about that. I felt like the stoppage was early. No. But, but here's the thing, and this is something we've talked about before too. If it was early, but I don't know that – there was nothing he was doing that was convincing me that that was going to stop. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? He, he yeah, laid like there. I, he I just you. laid there in fetal position and just kept getting hit. Yeah. I mean, he didn't try to move in – I mean – well, yeah, of course they're going to stop the fight. I think he wanted out. Well, I, I, don't thought, think... 
he wanted to fight me. I thought that. I thought that. I thought that he blocked. I thought he was covering up. I thought so. He was a good half of those shots were covered up. But you know, again, kind of like you said, it just didn't seem like. You know, if Herb Dean would have gave him a little bit of time, it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it would have made a difference either. I think he would have got pounded in. I think he knew it. You know, maybe it did get stopped a little sooner than we would have all liked, but we all knew how that was going to end up because it didn't look like he really wanted to fight anyway. Yeah, that was tough. There was no way this uh, Gano guy is. Uh, I, you know, I don't. I don't know. Sold as as him being a top ten fighter. I don't think I've seen enough of him probably to make a good decision on that. But uh, in terms of just up and right. coming guys, size wise, with that ridiculous length that he has, uh, you know, if he can get to where he can put stuff together and uh, be a little bit more than just a striker uh, and a hard puncher, you know, he, he'd be, he could be a dangerous guy, I think. As long as oh, he doesn't yeah, fall into uh, check Congo mode. Because <laughs> everybody thought that about check Congo, too. Right. That's true. Gilbert, Gilbert Melendez comes up with the L against Edson Barbosa. Um, I think Gilbert Melendez, this was an important fight for him in terms of a, you know, where are you at? Where do you stand uh, at this point in your career? And uh, I thought Edson Barbosa fought a great fight. Melendez just couldn't get in and couldn't get inside the striking, I thought. I thought Melendez did a really good job in the beginning of that fight. And, you know, actually thought at, you know, at, a, at a couple of points, man, it looked like he could have won that fight. But it he was the leg kick. In the first? He did. He rocked him. And when he, would, when he would close the distance on Barbosa and he would get in close, he was beating him in the boxing exchanges. Yeah, he was getting yeah. hit. But for the most part, he was beating him in the boxing, you know, in the brawl exchanges, which is – which is fine, but what you know? One thing, you know, a friend of mine may, helped me make notice of this. Those guys don't check kicks. They don't check <laughs> kicks, and then on top of that, it's not like he's one of the Diaz brothers, right? Those guys don't. Those yeah. guys don't check kicks. Walk in and they'll throw two hundred punches in thirty seconds. Gilbert Melendez doesn't do that. So if you're not going to check kicks, then you need to. When you're in there. You need to tie up and you need to stay in there and, and make it as dirty as you possibly can and not let him get away from yeah. you. Yeah, I felt the same way. I thought he was winning the exchanges when he got on the inside. I just think he wasn't able to do it enough. Right. Uh, you, you know, at, at the times that he was trying to get in and, and force a brawl, uh, it just didn't happen enough. And uh, yeah. he allowed uh, Barbosa to kind of stay on the outside. Uh, man, we're running out of time. we got to get to the main event. Uh, I, I, we, we know who won. We saw the fight. Uh, Shevchenko fought a brilliant fight, forced yes. Holly Holm uh, to move forward and allowed Shevchenko to just basically counterpuncher the entire fight. But my question is, with a minute left, did I, because Holly Holm looked so great in her win over Ronda Rousey, have we overrated her? Did we overrate her? Is she not as good nah. as she was? I don't think that we overrated her. I just think uh, she went up against, you know, another great striker, and uh, that girl beat her her own game. 
you know. So uh, maybe she should have developed a different game plan for Valentina Shevchenko because anybody who's done any history on her knows that she's a world champion kickboxer. Yeah, 58-2 or something ridiculous like that, I think it was. Right, right. But yeah, disappointing loss for Holly, but, you know, she'll be back. Uh, anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, have a great week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at MajorityMMA. And uh, that's going to do it for us. We're out.